namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa bhutang dhammang sankhang namasami to emphasize the the importance of suffering as a as the clue or the sign that the Buddha gave why why we why he emphasized the truth that there is dukkha or suffering because this is something we we um, we all experience and which we can understand through understanding we uh, can let go of the causes of our suffering so on this retreat don't when, if you're suffering a lot that's good you've got a lot of good practice don't feel that it's because you aren't practicing in the right way it's because you're practicing in the right way Now, suffering can be seen as being, you know, we can blame it on external things like well, the, it's the the place or the people or the teacher or the food or the or the weather or the um, whatever. It's always uh, there's something we can blame, uh, and. This is, uh, say, the worldly attitude. We usually tend to see suffering as kind of imposed on us from the from an unfair, unjust world. But but recognizing in a, in, uh, in a retreat situation like this that generally there isn't all that much to blame, is there? It's people are people are generally trying to be as considerate and as uh, good as they can be, and uh, the cooks prepare the very nice food and trying to make it as tasty and as pleasant as they can make food and that uh, uh, you know we've had some pretty nice weather and there's nothing really wrong in other words it's uh, you can't say it's because of anything external so we can see in, in a situation like this that the that the suffering is caused from inside it's quite obvious of our own you know, grasping of, of desires. I've noticed this in the monastic life, being a Buddhist monk. Uh, years ago, when, when I went to live with Ajahn Chah, and uh, he was his his he had he had very good sense of timing because he could he kind of zero in on you when you needed it and and uh, and kind of say the right thing. So. Um, one time I remember being very kind of going through a, a very bad patch you know thinking I'm wasting my time wasting my life this isn't getting any, me anywhere and and I remember we were out sweeping leaves uh, in the hot sun and I didn't want to have to do that but but in, in the Thai monastery everybody had to do it and they, they wouldn't 
they didn't have any exceptions, and, and Ajahn Chah wasn't about to let me get away with anything. So, they were out sweeping leaves and sweating and the dust, and and I was doing it in a very kind of half-hearted way, not really just doing like this. And and I was thinking, oh, this is miserable, sweeping leaves in the hot sun, and and I was, my mind was complaining, and and so. Then he comes by and he smiles at me and he says uh, uh, some very simple thing like uh, Wat Ba Pung is, is suffering, isn't it? And laughs and walks off. And, and so I, I thought... And, but it, it made me really look at, at what I was doing and I thought... I mean, something in me really came forth and I thought, no, it's not. It's, uh, what my poem's all right, it's, it's me. I'm making myself suffer. I saw it, it was like a real clear insight. What I was doing was uh, that actually the place was fine. The teacher was uh, a very fine teacher. The monks were good. The people that came there were trying to help in every way they could. There was nothing wrong. There's nothing that you could say, I'm suffering because this is a terrible place and I'm treated unfairly and the teacher's terrible and the monks are stupid and selfish and, and, and I realized that hot sun is all right and dust and sweeping leaves, these are all right, this isn't really suffering. It's the, my mind, complaining, grumbling, wanting something I don't have, not wanting, not appreciating what I have. And so I, I, I remember seeing that as a, a that, that I created suffering in my mind. On a meditation retreat, uh, um, they're set up around mo- uh, moral precepts and, and uh, good intentions and, and uh, we try to, to make these, uh, these retreats so that they're not, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, you just have to cover basic expenses. So you know, having to uh, spend lots of money and, and uh, it's, you know, it's all, it's, these things are supported, this monastery is supported by people and it's, there's no kind of anything wrong with it. There's nothing untoward or nothing that shouldn't be. The place itself and, the, and that is, is very good. And so when we bring this into our mind that, that it's, uh, that it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, the place is good, the monks, we try to be the, as good as we can, and uh, the nuns were very good, and the <laughs> anagarikas, and we have nothing, nothing particularly, to, no one to blame. But the the mind still can can suffer, and that's what we're looking at, and not not, and looking at it in an accepting way. there is suffering rather than I'm suffering. Uh, try to use that, that, that way of thinking more because the, the I am suffering uh, formula, it, it, always, it always has that, that uh, it always confirms the sense of I am somebody who suffers. Where recognize that there's a skillful way of, of admitting suffering is there is this, there is this feeling of suffering there is this unhappiness, there is this despair, there is this, and it's an admission of something that you're feeling, you're not denying it. And, but it is not, 
it's not aligning itself with the with the assumption of a person and this is very important to for just psychologically to get out of the the psychological ruts of a personality view that is so ingrained so kind of fixed in our minds the way we think the way our language is the way our culture uh, conditions us to perceive ourselves in the world it's, it's like that so in in dharma practice we're we're, we're trying to use our thinking pattern in, to cha- change it a bit to a more accurate way of thinking more skillful way of thinking Another very important practice uh, I'd like to talk about tonight is uh, is a metta bhavana or loving kindness, and this uh, this practice is something that uh, is very uh, important. I think in 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 countries like this. Uh, where there is a high level of idealism and high standards and and that of, of uh, really uh, uh, you know here in Britain where people are are quite high-minded and altruistic and they're concerned about social problems about I mean this uh, this I think there are more charities in this country than any, any than in any other there's always some some concern for for a dolphin or a whale or a special kind of bird or or a kind of special, rare kind of rat that's getting it, it's disappearing. <laughs> Not too much concern for the for the uh, Yugoslavians, but <laughs> but uh, there is a, a standard, a high standard of of interest in, in doing what is right in altruism and idealism. But the but the thing that, that tends to be a source of a lot of suffering uh, that I've noticed in living here is uh, a lot of uh, uh, the, the critical faculties oftentimes turning inward on oneself. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lack of metta or loving-kindness uh, directed towards yourself. Now, for, it's easy for us, people with I- very idealistic, altruistic, good-hearted, well-intentioned people, to spread loving-kindness to, to, to uh, external things, like all beings and, and all, the, uh, all the whales and the dolphins, all the birds and the rats, all the people in the world. Uh, we, can, we can be grand uh, in our thinking, altruistic in our thinking, but sometimes we we don't apply that to ourselves at all. In in this sense of having a loving, kind relationship to yourself. And when 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 we practice loving kindness, we always start with ourselves rather than than some somebody else or something else. It tends to be translated uh, in a way that may I be well, or may I have well-being, uh, and this this uh, this attitude of loving kindness towards yourself, taken on the level of of uh, 
say cultural conditioning sometimes we uh, in a country like this people feel uncomfortable with that they feel slightly embarrassed or or uh, or even uh, it brings up kind of uh, cynicism to think of loving yourself or wishing yourself well or may I be well may I have well-being may I be happy and uh, this is uh, something that that uh, people tend to not not be very comfortable with with thinking towards themselves When I first came to England in 1977, I remember teaching, we lived in London, in, in uh, Hampstead, Bihar, and, and they uh, remember teaching uh, this to some English people, and they, and they said, oh, we just can't do that. So it sounds so, so smarmy, you know, <laughs> may I be well, and they, they said, we just, just can't say those things. You Americans can say those things, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I did one practice when I used to think uh, because I'm a bit of I can be quite cynical too and I found it a bit uh, you know something that, that was, I didn't particularly like saying that to myself may I be well and it, it just sounded so didn't sound very important or serious and a bit silly uh, to go around wishing yourself well, but this became more apparent as 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 something that is necessary to to learn how to to live with yourself and accept the conditions you find yourself with. To have a not a, a, a rela- uh, an attitude towards yourself that is that is what we with a, a meta attitude. It's not it's not smarmy and sentimental or not trying to convince yourself anything but if you really uh, develop metta practice you begin to to have an insight and a, and a real sense of may I ha- may I abide in well-being or may I be well may I be free from suffering may I be free from anxiety and hostility and anger I remember doing an experiment with uh, with uh, saying saying to myself uh, I would say the words I love you to myself and uh, I, I decided to use this because uh, this is a very California type of practice and and uh, I don't particularly like say I first I resisted this this kind of thing this 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 uh, way of thinking so I decided I decided to to try it out and just see what would come up in my mind when I said it I'd sit there and I'd say I love you tomato <laughs> and then this then the, then my emotional reaction would be yuck <laughs> That would, and I noticed that I'd be, I'd, I wanted that. I wanted to listen to the reaction to it, the kind of embarrassment, the, 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 the cynical, uh, emotional 
reaction to this to this and so by doing that it's kind of releasing this in myself this this tendency to to be embarrassed by by sincerity or loving sentiments or softness or or intimacy of any sort how how one can kind of re- resist or feel embarrassed or threatened or resistant to it as a monk as a man all kinds of things one one can feel uh, you know not comfortable or ill at ease or resistant to th- this kind of uh, thinking but using it not as a to try to uh, con- convince myself or or try to kind of just uh, use it in a forceful way but to use it and then to watch to because what I mean by emotional reaction is that like when I say that to myself then that embarrassment or that fe- cynical feeling is what I say an emotional reaction if you can th- see what I mean it's a it's what, what how we react to things and, and uh, whatever way it is so that uh, that was the first that was my first emotional reaction to that to that practice. Then I would say it again, and more and more the it would uh, the, the as I began to release and resolve these negative emotions. Eventually, I reached a point where I could say that, and there would be no negative emotional reaction. It's like a, a kind of like something uh, purification. Where you keep keep using this kind of medicine till eventually all the the impurities have been taken out. And so that is is uh, a, 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 that's an example of how to expose, say, one's negative tendencies towards oneself, or the 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 resistance to to kind of intimate uh, statements like that or or uh, what we might regard as uh, sentimental or not very serious or not very profound or or you know put it down as just a new age therapy or dismiss it in some way all these would be emotional reactions or reactions that we would have where we could just pass it off and and dismiss it as, as not worth bothering with. But using it until the actual, all the negativity seemed to not, there would seem to be no more negative reaction, then there was a, one felt a sense of being at ease. Because it's very, you know, to, to be able to, to have loving kindness towards yourself, it gives you a sense of being at ease and, and being comfortable with yourself. You're not, you're not, you're not filled with this kind of self-consciousness and embarrassment and and self-criticism and and uh, d- disparaging attitudes that that uh, oftentimes uh, we we tend to relate to ourselves in, in very negative ways. To have uh, developed loving kindness towards your body is is to is to uh, use this 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 attitude of kindness, like 
particularly the word kindness, I found very helpful because uh, one can be kind to something that one doesn't like. You can, somebody, uh, say, that is being uh, difficult and rude and unpleasant and disgusting, you can't say you would, you could like them, but you can be kind. You can, you can still be kind. You, you don't have to be vindictive, malicious, or cruel, uh, just because they happen to be that way. So, so kindness, say towards, say the pain in the body, or the, the, the illnesses you might have, or the unpleasantness, uh, or the uh, un- discomfort that you might be feeling in your body. Like we, I used to s- use loving kindness as a as a skillful means to toward the pain I used to feel in my legs when I was sitting or in the back, or as physical pain, I uh, would take the attitude of loving-kindness to the pain, which is, which is an accepting, patient, allowing it to be the way it is, non-judgmental attitude. But it, developing this, me- this word metta uh, is, as a skillful means for for accepting and, and allowing things to be non-critical, non-averse, non-judgmental, is a complement to the highly developed critical faculties most of most of us have developed. To use loving kindness as something you kind of move through your body, just with your consciousness, as you bring in the, say the, your head and neck, shoulders, arms, uh, chest, back, trunk of the body, the, the legs and the feet, uh, with this uh, attitude of kindness, acceptance, loving kindness, acceptance, goodwill. These words are are significant in helping to, to, to develop that attitude. It's patient, isn't it? Loving kindness is you're patient. You're you're willing to accept the, the, the bad along with the good. You're uh, it's it's not uh, not trying to get rid of anything. Not trying to compare it with something else. When I do this to to the body, spread this loving kindness that relate to this human form with an attitude of loving kindness, this body likes that. The body is not self. It is really not not oneself at all. It's the body. If you treat it with with respect, then it it becomes like a happy body in its own right, like a your own cat. Or, you know, if you if you feed it well and take good care of it and and love it and and treat it with respect, uh, it becomes a very nice animal, happy, pleasant creature to live with. But if you don't feed it and you kick it and beat it and 
yell at it and nag it and ignore it and abuse it, then it becomes a wretched, miserable little creature, doesn't it? Well, the same with this body. If you, if you, if you, if you don't take care of it properly and you don't respect it and you, you ignore it and you, and you just criticize it, negative towards it, then it becomes unpleasant kind of creature. Makes sense, doesn't it? It just gets sick and it gets uh, painful and it's just not very nice thing to have to be around, your own human body. So if you, if you treat it properly, and, 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 and this loving kindness isn't pampering, it's not, a, it's not silly sentiment, it's not uh, being smarmy or, or silly about it, it is, it is what we call self-respect or, or sense of learning to appreciate what we have and learning how to, to take good care of it, give it a proper attention without becoming obsessed by it, or the other, ignoring it, not understanding it, not bothering to, to really look at it, or, or, or always judging it in some way, always uh, complaining about it, or, or resenting it the way it is. means that, that you, your body becomes a kind of wretched creature, unhappy and sickly, weak and unpleasant kind of thing to have to live with. So we do have a choice. I mean, just from my own exper experiments with this, the, the body, this body, is a fairly pleasant condition to live with. It doesn't give me a lot of trouble because of because I have learned how to live with it, how to how to accept it, how to uh, how to uh, appreciate it. Not as a, not as a not no longer through vanity or a sense of it being mine, but as a condition in its own right. You have to live with it for till it dies, so might as well make a friend out of it. Think of it like that. <laughs> like flattering the cooks and everything. It's always it's always good to to compliment the cooks because they have power. <laughs> Remember when we first when in in London, uh, one of the people living in the monastery used to used to uh, fight and quarrel with the cook. We only had one cook then, Anagorica, and and uh, and the cook then used to make food that would upset this person. <laughs> this person was allergic to, to things like beans and legumes and so forth, and, and that's all we'd ever get. <laughs> And so, I said, I, I, when, I, when I found out what was happening, I said, but one thing you've got to learn, if you're going to live this life, don't insult and don't, uh, don't browbeat the cooks, because they have power. 
You don't know what they're going to put in the soup. They could do anything to it. <laughs> so, so at least, you know, try to, you know, respect them and appreciate them, and then they'll, they'll probably, you know, do the best they can. The same with, with the body. It's, uh, it's you have, no matter what you think of it, whether you, you know, it may not be exactly what you would want if you could choose your own body. We probably would have, we, you know, we could choose the perfect one. We would have chosen it probably that rather than this one. But this has been good enough. It's, 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 it's enough. It's, uh, it's adequate. It's, it's behaved itself quite well. There's nothing really wrong with it. And I'm quite uh, appreciative and grateful to it. It has served me now for 58 years without giving me too many problems. Thinking like that then helps to to uh, develop an attitude of, of, of gratitude, appreciation, well-being uh, for the, the things that you have, the things that affect you, which isn't based on just kind of power of positive thinking or affirmations over and over again to try to convince yourself uh, that you like something that you, you still feel very negative and, and, and very uh, frightened or threatened by. In this way of bringing up these fears, like with, with the, the, the example of saying I love you to yourself, I did it only to bring up this, the, the negative feelings. So that I could could begin to really see this 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 uh, self aversion or this cynicism of my mind, and by recognizing it, by admitting it, by accepting it, then that negativity goes away. It's a way of resolving it, of, of letting it go. In Another time uh, when we said when we spread metta outward to others, sometimes it's easier to spread metta to the billion Chinese that don't bother you or don't affect your life in any direct way. The billion Chinese living in China. Then to say to your mother or father or husband or wife, somebody that that's very close to you, that you're very angry with or very disappointed with or very uh, grudging or embittered or resentful. And because people like, like the Somalis or the, the you know, people that, that we read about that we don't know, it's, 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 there's no difficulty in spreading loving kindness to them. But it's a real challenge, isn't it? to some of the people that live, that are the, the closest to us, that affect us the most strongly, that, that have power over us, that have the power to, to make us unhappy or to disappoint us or to make us jealous or feel bitter or resentful because of the things that have happened. Or that life uh, that we share together, we, we do how uh, we do create a lot of karma together. So in metta practice, I also would say like to one woman I know had a terrible uh, kind of anger towards her mother. 
for for years, she just the idea of her mother, the idea of mother came up in her mind. She just get angry. So would say, spreading metta to my mother. May my mother be well. And she angry. And I said, well, you know, you should you should be able to wish your mother well. I mean, she's she brought you into the world and nurtured you and you think of all the, the good uh, things uh, that she's done and still the emotion would be with the, the perception of mother would still bring up this, this, this terrible anger and resentment. And so this woman felt very frustrated because once I felt she should be very, you know, she should be able to spread loving kindness to her mother. That's the right thing to do. That would be what you're supposed to do. But then, emotionally, she'd be reacting like that. You know, just angry and and uh, resentful. Well, you see, that also is, if you're willing to use it in this in this way of, of, of using the loving-kindness uh, formulas, so that you can bring up the, the negativity, uh, is also a way of releasing this negativity, because you have a loving kindness towards the negativity you're feeling. In other words, uh, an acceptance uh, rather than a judgment about the, the negative reactions you might be feeling. So then it works very well. If you, if you feel resentful and, and angry at your mother and then say, may my mother be well, and then you feel this, this anger arising, then have metta for the anger also, acceptance of the anger, and see, letting, letting the anger go. So it, it's helpful in bringing into consciousness how you're actually feeling, the emotional reactions. Once you let them into your consciousness, you can let them go. That's the magic of it all. Once you admit something consciously, you can let it go away from you. If you don't do that, then you're, you're always fighting it. Like if you want to be a loving person and then you say, may my mother be well, then you, then, then you think, oh, I can't stand you did this to me. And, then, and then, you, then you feel guilty. I shouldn't be thinking, like, I should, what's wrong with me that I can be so un, in, uncompassionate and, and ungrateful and then we get very judgmental and hate ourselves for, for not being able to do it and, and getting very confused and stuck. Where this way, we're, we're actually using it to release this. Because if you trust in that more, the sense of releasing this negative feeling, then you're actually you know, liberating your mind from the power of, that, of, that, of those memories and those emotional reactions. You know, the, the, the whole, that will go away from you. It will, it will uh, resolve itself. So eventually you can say, may my mother be well and be free from all suffering and be happy. And you really, and, you, and it coming from, from, not just from, you know, being nice about it and, and saying the word, but it's really coming from your heart because you've learned how to let go and resolve the, the negative emotions that you've, you've maybe never, you've never learned how, you never knew what to, how to relate to them. They only, they only tended to confuse. Interesting when, when you know, if, with, uh, with, uh, with metta practice, uh, 
in a community where you is very and it helps to to be able to uh, resolve the feelings you have uh, that that you feel because you we do affect each other so much and you're living in a community life monastic life we have a very strong effect on each other because we live you know every day in this in this way with each other in monastic uh, style but because it is disciplined and it is it's uh, you know it's not it's something that that we relate to each other in in that particular in the allowed relationships of monasticism uh, that's the that's the that's the the, the uh, convention we use but also we have to accept the way we're actually feeling about each other and and I mean not accepted in the sense of of, of a of uh, you know that, that what we're feeling is 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 uh, something we you know true or or real, but to be able to admit how we actually feel, and to be able to put it in that sense of letting it go rather than than holding it, holding on to it or rejecting it. It uh, takes a, a lot of effort to do that. I mean, we have to constantly remind ourselves because we do tend to to see each other, uh, it, it's easy to project onto each other, or to hold each other with kind of fixed views or attitudes. It's interesting when you're living in a community where there are both monks and nuns. In Thailand, we, we lived in, uh, where there were nuns were very remote. We never even talked to them. I lived 10 years in Thai monasteries, never talked to a nun. They were always like shadows in the background of the monastery. <coughs> they all knew me, but I didn't know one by name after ten years. When I went back, they asked me to give a give a talk several years ago in Wat Bapong to the nuns. I went over, they all knew. Patsumato and they all knew me. <laughs> I didn't know one of them. Because they were always uh, remote figures, uh, which was uh, the way that society worked. It's part of the, the culture and the relationship that that works well in that in that particular society. But here in Britain, it's like this. You, you, there's no way you can you can set it up in that in, the, in that way. But you can still use the situation to to see the the way that. The, your own feelings about nuns or or women and and these kind of uh, perceptions or emotions that that these people bring into our consciousness we witness to and we can resolve them let them go so we do you begin to to you we begin to see a kind of male monk attitude towards nuns uh, what kind of kind of a monk chauvinism <laughs> you can you know, begin to look at it as a as something that is uh, you know so not something to to believe in and, and follow and and uphold but something that 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 oftentimes is a uh, an attitude that is part of a group part of a tradition and and you begin to look at it in a, in a much more objective way and 
other than just supporting it, defending it, and reinforcing it. So it is, uh, you know, it is a very interesting way of looking at it because in this way you can, you can take an interest, you can begin to, to find that the, actually how you're feeling and the, the fears and, and desires of your mind, the emotional uh, stuff that comes up into your consciousness is, is something that you begin to look at in terms of, of uh, accepting it for what it is rather than judging it, seeing it in terms of dumb and letting it go, uh, resolving it rather than than making karma and acting on it either by following it or or denying it. This way, we we begin to find that we 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 grow up with something in us that that really develops into a much more mature, stable kind of human being than we were before. When we had these these uh, kind of traumas this past year with uh, various senior monks departing, this was uh, this was uh, you know would bring up certain emotions. When uh, when Anando left in June, this was a big shock to everybody. So I noticed uh, I, that uh, people would. people would say things like, we must be fair and we must be reasonable about this. He was a very good monk and uh, he helped us a lot. He was, people say, he was my first teacher. I'll always, no matter what he does, I'll always be grateful and uh, I appreciate all the good things he's done for us. That's one, that's being good about it all, isn't it? Stiff upper lip, kind of magnanimous. And then, uh, then I say, well, how do you really feel about it? <laughs> Down here, you know, what, what is your feeling? How do you really feel uh, as an emotion? I mean, that is, is, is very nice and, and it's certainly noble. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not to be disparaged or to be rejected. But also, in order to, to deal with disappointments and shocks, we have, to, we have to really look at what we're feeling and accept that. So sometimes some people feel very angry. Some of the monks felt really angry with him or disillusioned, disappointed, confused. How could he do it? Why did he do it? Some monks felt... Uh, what was wrong with his practice that he could do something like that? Or, or maybe it doesn't work. Maybe monastic life, maybe it's all just, it doesn't work. Maybe I'm in the wrong religion. Or uh, all kinds of, of emotional reactions that various people had, monks, nuns, and lay people. So this... I encourage you to to look at, to feel it, to really allow these things into consciousness, but but to and also in the sense of metta, of accepting them for just what they are, the feeling of anger or disillusionment or doubt about the life, or is there something wrong, or uh, you know, is is it his fault or is it is it Ajahn Sumedho's fault? Is it the um, Sangha's fault? Did they do something? Did they? 
The Sangha maybe wasn't, didn't really give him enough friendship and maybe he was lonely and needed somebody else and all these kind of doubts would, would go through various people's minds. But what we can know is that, that this, these are mental, these are emotional reactions. It's not to dismiss them. We're not dismissing merely emotional reactions as a dismissal, but willing to accept those feelings as we're feeling them. The way it feels now, it's like this. I feel, I feel confused. How could he do it? It feels this way. And then, then of course, we, the, we, we can resolve these feelings. And then what we do, we try to do the right thing so that we're, we're going to be grateful for all the good things he's done and, and appreciate him, uh, you know, the, the way he served the Sangha for 20 years and that there's nothing, we're not going to, to deny that, we're going to, to be, appreciate that. But we need, do you see what I mean? We need to, to learn how to, to deal both on the, on the, uh, the, that, that realm of, of how things should be and what is right and what is noble and appropriate and good. But at the same time, we also need, need to accept how we're actually feeling, the anger, disappointment, doubt, disillusionment that we might be experiencing from that particular uh, incident. This way you can use uh, such things in your life as, as uh, for developing wisdom and, and not seeing them as, as kind of bad signs or, or, or being overwhelmed uh, because maybe something that you feel is going wrong. Even the sense of something going wrong is, is an emotional reaction. That it's... Uh, This is like the reflective mind, the, the ability to watch and observe. The, 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 the feeling of life. Then metta pawana or practice is, it can work on both this, this, le- this level of, of just having an attitude of patient acceptance of whatever, both is just mental conditions of your own mind, it goes towards this sense of, of an attitude towards your own body, towards your uh, own emotional experiences, uh, tendencies, uh, and then it goes outward to others, so that it, it starts from here, and then it, then we spread it outward, the sense of well-being and goodwill to, to everything. And then in Buddhist uh, practice, you're taking it to, to all, to, to the, absolutely everything. Being, seen, unseen, born, unborn, four legs, two legs, six legs, every possibility is covered in the metta practices. So that, you know, deva does to angels and devils, 
We even spread method to the devil. May the devil abide in well-being. You don't want the devil to abide in well-being. He should be. Uh, when you think of it, you know that, that even even a, an attitude of loving kindness to evil forces isn't approving, isn't it? We're not we're not approving of evil forces, but but uh, and and going along with it and trying to to make them happy while they're still being evil. But uh, that loving kindness is 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 a non-judgmental. It's, it's learning to, to, to see the totality of being, that everything fits in it. In a totality, everything belongs. There's nothing that you can think of, imagine, that doesn't belong in the totality. Every form of evil and and uh, goodness, every every possibility, every abnormality. Every perversion, everything belongs in the totality. And when we this, when we reflect like that, reflect like this, it's, there's no there's no aversion to any of it. It's non-discriminative. It's a, a sense of of well-being, of of goodwill towards towards the the total. And of course, we're we're all in this together. We're affecting each other in so many ways that this that this. Is uh, this is a complement to the? This is a balance to the discriminative tendencies to that want to to uh, that that create a world that is very divisive and and emphasizing uh, the differences and the the separateness of everything. Metta and they love then is like a is what is is uh, it's it's like that which which holds everything together. It's it's uh, it's the cohesive element. Water is oftentimes used as a symbol for for love and compassion because it's cohesive element in nature. And and uh, if there was no love in the universe, it'd all fall apart, wouldn't it? Maybe love is the force of gravity. Uh, there would be it would it, it's what you know when we when we and love isn't uh, you know liking or personal liking or approving. When we get in touch with loving kindness, it's it's non aversion, non hatred. It's. It's the patience we have. It's the compassion. It's the the uh, acceptance, the willingness to to bear with uh, pain and unpleasantness, rather than hate it and blame it on on uh, others or or trying to uh, to always resist and, and and struggle against, get rid of. Now, in one of the uh, great teaching of the Buddha is that hatred never ends by hatred. Hatred can only end, can cease through love. And this, uh, of course, is, it, I think we all appreciate this, that, that as long as we hate hatred and hate evil and hate uh, uh, the devils and Satan and 
and uh, all the bad things, then we are uh, part of that evil itself. We're, 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 we are fueling the evil forces. We're giving them, we're, we're, we're feeding them. But when, when there's love, which, you know, again I emphasize, I'm not saying like, we, we, we don't li- I don't like evil, I don't like the devil, but one can love the devil, one can love the enemy. So this, in the way I'm using the word love, is in this way of metta, of non-aversion, patience, acceptance. And then the then the evil has no power to to commit evil acts or to we're not we're not feeding it we're not we're not uh, going along with it. So just notice this in your own life how it works with yourself in your own in your own uh, your own mind that when you hate criticize yourself or or you're, you're full of negativity and criticisms, what does it feel like? As an emotional experience. And then in the practice of metta, where you start with, may I be well, may I, may I abide in well-being, may I be free from worry, from anger and aversion and hostility. And then to to see what the brings what comes up the, that may be uh, a cyn- cynical feeling or impatience or then have metta for that have metta for your restlessness metta for your disillusionment metta for your jealousies metta for fear so. Metta then is a much more powerful force based on your actual experience of what's happening to you rather than a kind of abstract metta may all the billion Chinese in China be happy and well. That's also good, not, not trying to put that down, but that's easy. That's the easy one. Easy to have metta for the dolphins. And the whales—they're—they're they're not bothering us. More difficult to have metta for flies and mosquitoes and midges. <laughs> English midges—it's—it's it's a real challenge to have metta for them. They're worse than Thai mosquitoes, midges. When we were out camping. Up in Northumberland, and the, put up our tents, and then all these midges descend on us, and we've never moved so fast in our lives. <laughs> kind of these tiny little knots that just hover around, and they get into everything. Absolutely, kind of overwhelming. And uh, you see a tremendous aversion, anger, and hatred, and murderous desires. <laughs> Rise very quickly. Metta for the pain in in your knees. 
try it, just to use it as a, you, you, de- you can develop it, make, you know, it's up to you what you do with this, as a suggestion of how to develop metta practice so that it's very practical and useful and, and help, and remind you to, and, and also brings up negativity that you can have an acceptance of and resolve. And, and because it is, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, to be allow, allow your, your negative emotions into consciousness is an act of metta. So when they come in, you're feeling angry, upset, disgusted, fed up, and then to, to allow these emotions, see them and, and to feel them, to really feel these, these emotions, to let them be what they are. Don't get into analyzing them. Drop the, the tendency to analyze and say, I'm feeling this way because of this or that. But just the bare attention and, and, and recognition and acceptance of them as an experience in the moment is like a metta, developing metta towards those particular feelings or energies that you have at this moment, which might be very unpleasant in their quality but in which you can develop a, a, a kind, accepting relationship toward them, and then their nature is to, to cease. You're letting things cease. You're letting things flow through your consciousness. You're conscious being for a lifetime, and you're, instead of blocking up consciousness with love and hate and fear and desire, you're actually releasing uh, those blockages and energy flows to allow your consciousness to be a door in which you, you, uh, you can liberate all these. Which you, the, the, these forces can flow through you rather than get locked inside you. And then our position as human beings on this planet is one of of, of a, a, a joyous being. A, compassionate being rather than a neurotic one. To me that's what the whole purpose of being born as a human being is about. That seems to me what it's all about is learning the lessons we have to learn in this form. You know, what what is it that we have to learn? What is the purpose of our human state? Is it, uh, are we just is it meaningless that we're just here to procreate more human beings and and just establish little places for ourselves, or are we, you know, is, are we here to to try to develop a perfect utopian society on planet Earth? We're certainly not doing that, and we certainly try. Or is it is this merely a, like the a journey that we're we're involved with? This is like a we're a pilgrim. Uh, we're a we're on a journey. This is part of the ordeal. This is we have to learn from this experience in this form, this sensitivity, consciousness, and and the sense realm that that affects the conscious experience all the time. We need to we we can learn it. We can learn from it. We can uh, transcend it by understanding it. Transcendence doesn't mean turning your back on it. It means 
being able to see it in the right way, no longer taking it in the wrong way. <laughs> 